You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Lots to do. Plenty to keep us busy. Next hour, next 60 minutes, up until uh, Golick and Wingo come your way at uh, 6 o'clock. So let's roll. It's Wednesday edition. It is Wednesday, and we will have headlines today. Everyone's favorite, everybody's secret favorite headlines. Of course, the number you know if you want to get involved, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. We will get to that in just a little bit, but let's begin at the start. And at the start is where we have focused a lot of our attention throughout this week, throughout this month, throughout this calendar year. And that is with the Houston Astros and the cheating scandal and with Rob Manfred, who we've spent a lot of time on this week after the press conference he had a couple of days ago, and yesterday had another press conference. I guess because the first one just went so well. Everybody was raving. Hey, look at that, Rob, you're trending on Twitter after your first press conference. Well, maybe I should have another one. I'm putting this thing to bed, baby. Doing such a great job. Bang up job. Everybody. Everybody's, uh, I got everybody in agreement. Everybody's agreed. Yes, they're agreed that you are doing a horrendously bad job with it. So maybe he was under the impression that he had not given enough detail or the details don't make any sense, whatever it was. I think it was that second one, that in fact the details didn't make any sense from the first press conference. But the fact that he did nothing about credible complaints about other teams cheating, that's where it begins. The fact that it was not until Mike Fires that Major League Baseball did apparently anything. The fact that you have this this proof basically handed to you. That the beneficiaries of the crime got away with the crime. No real punishment for the, the the people that actually committed the crime. The owner not punished. The players skipping down the road. This, after directly saying, we catch anybody doing this again, we are going to drop the hammer. The punishment is so weak, you cannot find a single player, single person associated with the game that will go on the record and say, you know what? Punishment fit the crime. Not a single solitary person. You, It was so bad, you got Mike Trout to finally offer an opinion that had nothing to do with either the Philadelphia Eagles or the weather. Think about when was the last time that happened, that Mike Trout didn't give you just a little glimpse into his personality. It's the first time I can ever remember it actually has a baseball opinion. That's big news. But anywho, Rob Manfred had another press conference yesterday. And, you know, this story has been out there on a regular basis since November. And it has gone in a bunch of different directions. And people can feel however they want to feel about certain aspects, right? But what the the Rob Manfred press conference yesterday did do And it should not be diminished, even though Rob Manford basically continued vomit all over himself, right? I mean, he hasn't got anything right in the entire process. What he made clear yesterday, maybe this is the best thing that he has done in the entire time, was to state it, not just write it down, not just to put it in a report. What can no longer be debated and is crystal clear. The the Astros absolutely 100% cheated their way to the 2017 World Series title. 
despite what that team says, despite what that owner says, despite what the players say, this part is not up for debate. It hasn't really been up for debate. But the fact that Rob Manfred came out yesterday and stated it clearly, quote, the Astros continue to utilize both the replay review room and the monitor located next to the dugout to decode signs for the remainder of the regular season and throughout the postseason. So I get it. We've all been, all talk show hosts, all fans, they all want to have their different take on things. And that's fine. Go in whatever direction you want. But anybody, anywhere, who is telling you, well, you know, it didn't really impact the fact that they won, or we don't really know what the impact was. Other teams were probably doing the same thing. All of those things are 100%, even with as bad as the baseball investigation was, even as bad as the lack of punishment was, we now know 100% they were cheating, it was effective, they knew it was cheating, they knew it was effective, and they continued to do it, even though they had been specifically warned not to do it, even though they didn't need to do it at times, especially not during the regular season. They won the division by 20 games, and they continued to do it. They continued to do it even after Danny Farquhar basically called them out on the field, and they scrambled, they panicked, and decided to hide the monitor so that nobody would see it. Because they knew they were cheating. And they knew they didn't want to stop cheating. It wasn't like they said to themselves, well, you know what, we're caught. We better stop doing this before it really gets bad. No, they continued to do it. They continued to do it after Major League Baseball warned them. Warned everybody within the game. Red Sox and Yankees got busted with the Apple Watch. The Red Sox, the Apple Watch. The Yankees using the bullpen phone for whatever. So any... What aboutism that anybody's going to come up with now? Well, you know, the Yankees did this. Well, you know, Carlos Beltran was on the Yankees. Or, you know what, the Dodgers, they should just have been better in the World Series. This, that, it's all missing the point. There was one team that clearly cheated. It was effective. And it was cheating from the top down. It was a policy put in place by the general manager. It was carried out by the manager, it was known and effective for the players themselves. They knew it was cheating, and they did it anyway. So trying to go down any other road about this is tied to Pete Rose or this is tied to steroids, you sound stupid. This has nothing to do with steroids. This is worse than steroids. Steroids, we don't know all the guys that were using them, but there were a lot of guys using them. And if it was possible to know exactly who and who was not using them, 100% of the guys, even then, it would not be like this. Because this was one team doing this. No other team was doing what the Astros were doing. 
So if you want to tie it to steroids, oh, well, this team used steroids and they won the World Series. Yes, well, the team that didn't win the World Series, several teams, probably every team, had guys who were using steroids. We just won't ever know. So it's not exactly a comparison. If you had one team that was the only team who had access to steroids at a time where nobody else was, well, then you would have a a, a kind of a comparison. That's not the case here. So Aaron Judge, the latest latest player yesterday to come out and uh, hammer the Astros, hammer the commissioner for not uh, hitting the Astros in some way, hurting them for 2017, hurting the team right now. I mean, that's another part of this. The team has not been impacted in any negative way. Even losing Lunau and Hinch, Dusty Baker might be an improvement over A.J. Hinch. If you believe A.J. Hinch's own words, basically, this guy couldn't say boo to anybody in his own clubhouse without them completely blowing him off and losing complete respect for the guy. So Aaron Judge, obviously, yesterday down at spring training, was asked about this scandal. And here is Aaron Judge on the Astros scandal. Wasn't a fan of the punishment. I thought that was a little weak for, you know, a player-driven scheme that no players, you know, involved got any punishments. Um, and then with Bellinger, man, I agree with a lot of the things he said, you know, and uh, he went out there and spoke his mind. And, you know, I really, you know, don't want to get into the, you know, the whole, you know, if Altuve stole a, you know, MVP or not, because that really don't that really don't matter. You know, it's over with, man. And, you know, the big the biggest thing is, you know, it's I got to make sure next time I don't don't keep the vote so close. I guess you know, try to go out there and win it outright. You know, so there's no you know no question. You know, so he he won it, and you know that's how it is. All right. Well, uh, that that is obviously Aaron Judge talking about the scandal, and just in terms of the MVP, people can debate this even now, and we debated it at the time. There should have been no debate that Aaron Judge was the MVP that year. Unless you just believe that batting average is just so vitally important. That's the be-all and end-all. Every other category favored Aaron Judge. From games played to on-base percentage, even with a 346 batting average, Judge was on base more often than Altuve. Slugging, OPS, OPS+, war, Every other statistic favored Aaron Judge in 2017, but we know that if it's ever going to be close, which it shouldn't have been even in 2017, Aaron Judge was clearly the MVP even without, the, even with the cheating. But that's another story. That's another hunk of metal that they'll have to try to decide down the road maybe. I don't know. Uh, Aaron Judge on the, being the victims of the Astros cheating scandal. That stuff, the whole thing, even, you know, thinking about, you know, who it affected, you know, it didn't only affect us as the Yankees, you know, it affected, like I said earlier, the fans of the game, you know, and even other guys, the guys that lost their jobs because of it, guys that, you know, went into Houston and got beat up a little bit and never made it back to the big leagues. You know, that's another thing for me that's, you know, kind of really can't tolerate that, you know, for the guys that are going there playing a fair and square and, you know, get beat up a little bit and now they're out of a job because of it. That's, that ain't right. And then, of course, about the uh, Astros 2017 title, which obviously is tainted. The Astros should be stripped of their 2017 uh, championship. I, I, yeah, I just don't think it holds any value. With, with you know, you, you cheated and 
you, you didn't earn it. You know, that's that's how I feel. Is it wasn't earned. You know, it wasn't earned the the way of you know playing the game right and fighting till the end and knowing that you know I'm comp- we're competing, we're competitors. And the biggest thing about competition is laying it all out in the line. And you know, whoever's the better player, better person, you know, comes out on top. You know, and you know, you just lay it out there. And you know, to know that another team had an advantage that you know nothing you can really guard against. That I just don't feel like that's that's earned or you know. Yeah, that's it's not earned. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't really understand what other opinion you could possibly have when you find out all the details of it and see what the results were. And keep in mind, like when Mike Trout comes out and says what he said, that's newsworthy. But Mike Trout has absolutely no interest in being the face of baseball. He has made that abundantly clear. Like, so it is unusual for him to come out and give any strong opinion like he did about the commissioner, the punishment, all those type of things. But it's not as nearly as much, I think, riding on it as much as Aaron Judge because it seems like, and maybe he doesn't, but it seems like Aaron Judge does have interest in being the face of baseball. So for that guy to come out and hammer the Astros and to hammer the commissioner's office as well, I think it carries more weight than Mike Trout or a a player who is not to the level uh, of Aaron Judge or a Mike Trout. So we're not going to continue on with the uh, the Astros stuff, but it's pretty clear. No, Aaron Judge clearly should have been the 27 MVP. That was even clear at the time. And anybody who's trying to tie this in to, well, Yankee fans can't complain. Where were they when A-Rod was uh, hitting home runs and on steroids in 2009? You don't know what other players were on steroids. I can tell you with a pretty good level of certainty, A-Rod was not the only person on steroids. And that's the problem with steroids is we'll never know all the people who were and weren't. There'll be people that we all suspected and were. There'll be people that nobody's ever brought up that also were. This time, we know the facts. The Astros were the only team who was running a systematic policy within the organization to cheat, and it worked. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Aaron Judge also making headlines in another way, so we'll get into that because not good news there. We have uh, some other news about possible Nick head coaches. Tom Thibodeau, you seen this? Tom Thibodeau might be a guy that the Knicks are looking at. He has one thing going against them, though. And then Kyrie Irving's name in the news as well. So we got to get to that. Lots to do. 1-800-919-ESPN. Marlon is in Brooklyn, though. We'll get to Marlon right now. Marlon, what's going on, my man? Uh, hi, Gordon. Good morning. Um, I just want to mention that was a good point that you brought up, like, you know, steroids versus uh, uh, science stealing. Yeah. Because I think you have a better chance of hitting the ball if you know what's coming than having steroids in you. What do you think about that? Well, look, you, uh, you can put me on whatever steroids you want. Uh, I'm not going to be able to hit the ball at all. So uh, I know that for a fact, and uh, maybe I'm not a good judge, but no, absolutely. Like, there there have been plenty of guys who have been caught using steroids, get busted for steroids, who stink. So just simply thinking you're going to get on steroids is going to all of a sudden you make you into a great player, uh, obviously is, is not the case. Knowing exactly what pitches are coming – to me, is a far greater advantage. And I know that there's guys who will say, you know, that, that Playton, oh, I didn't want to know what was coming. If I could tell, I, I could tell you one thing. None of those guys were on the Astros outside of what was the one guy? There's one guy that didn't want to know what was coming. Other than that, all the other guys, all, all these people who want to tell you, well, you know what? Altuve really didn't like it. Well, they kept doing it 
It seems pretty clear if Altuve, with all the power that he had, didn't want it, he could go to the guy banging the trash can and say, look, stop doing this. I don't want it. He didn't do that. So there's this, like, popular Twitter conversation, I guess, yesterday. Somebody tweeted out. I don't remember who it was, but I saw it and I retweeted it about, like, what was the movie that traumatized you as a kid? And uh, apparently people are narrowing it down to one. I have, like, I have about 25 that I could give you. But the pop, the most popular one I'd have to say, I don't know, maybe this is a little too young for you, Brian. You're too young for this. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Not the black and white one. I don't think I ever – I saw that at some point, but it wasn't when I was a kid. They had one that came out in like the 70s, Donald Sutherland. Now, you haven't seen it by now. You're not going to see it. But like in the movie, people's bodies get taken over by like these plants, which sounds ridiculous now, but at the time <laughs> – these space plants. And uh, basically they create like a um, – I don't know what you call like a, a, a copy of you. But it's not you, and they're taking over the planet, and they're getting rid of all the real versions of people, and they're replacing them with, like, the not cyborgs, but, like, these drone people. And, and it wasn't that part of it that, was, that freaked me out. But when they spotted a regular human, when the drone, the, the fake ones would spot the regular person, they would point, they would all point at the same time and they'd make this noise. I don't know if it was actually the actors or if it was a special, I think it was probably a special effect, but the way they did it was horrifying. So there's two characters. Donald Sutherland is a female lead and they get separated near the end of the movie, right? And the way it ends is really what kicked in because I watched the whole movie and I was fine. But then at the end, the woman sees Donald Sutherland, right? They both get away. And she's like following behind him, like trying to catch up to him to tell him, hey, we found each other. And at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, Donald Sutherland, she's, oh, Don, you know, I don't remember what his name was in the movie. Steve, Steve, Steve. Steve. And Donald Sutherland's character turns around and starts to point at her and makes the noise. And she just starts freaking out. Oh, my God. That scene when I was a kid, that gave me nightmares for weeks. I think that's probably the biggest one. The fact that I am not just riddled with anxiety with the things that we were allowed to watch as kids is really kind of surprising. The Day After Tomorrow. Do you remember The Day After Tomorrow? That was a movie that people were encouraged to sit down and watch with their family. It was about a nuclear war. What the hell were we doing? I sat down and watched that. I had no concerns about nuclear war before that. 12 years old. Now I got this on my plate. I don't need that. Even my own family. There was an HBO. I don't know if it was a movie or a special, but it was about Nostradamus and Nostradamus's predictions for the future and how he had predicted all these things throughout time. Even the rise of Hitler. And that was the one that stayed with me because in the in the movie, I don't know if it's true or not, Nostradamus said that the person's name would be Histler. He was off by one letter. My grandmother showed me this thing. What the hell was she thinking? And the part of that that traumatized you was that they predicted like there was going to be a guy in the Middle East who was going to create world, start World War Three, And this was like in 1982, and it was going to start in like 1985. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself... As a 12-year-old kid, I'm saying to myself, what the? 
And you know what? In fact, at the time, I didn't really think about why is my grandmother showing me this? I mentioned this to my wife like a couple of years ago. She's like, what was, what was the matter with your grandmother? I said, you know what? I don't really know. I think she had some problems. So I don't know if you had a movie that traumatized you as a kid. But though, I mean, the, the invasion of the body snatchers, that was horrific. I remember, oh my God, when Donald Sutherland's character, oh, he turns around and points, woof. If you haven't seen it by now, I just spoiled it for you, but I probably did you a favor. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, so the, um, the poll question for today is up. Uh, Ashley Bauer is the person, I believe, who actually tweeted out. I tweeted it out, retweeted it, so you can see it there and see some of the answers. Um, and if you have a movie that traumatized you as a kid, 1-800-919-ESPN. But our poll question, which is up for today. Uh, Aaron Judge, latest player to come out and criticize the Astros, criticize baseball. So how do you think this will impact baseball? Do you think that this will be – I've heard a lot of people – I was listening to the K-Show driving around yesterday – that a lot of people, this is the final straw, that they're going to give up on baseball now. They're going to so anger it over it that they're going to stop watching. There's the other side of it where you could say, you know what, the Astros are now such a, a, a unified villain and villains in sports work great for sports – is it actually going to get more attention for Major League Baseball? Or do you think that it'll just kind of peter out and it won't have any change? I think this is actually going to help baseball. I don't know if it's going to help throughout the course of the season, but listening to the players themselves, I am going to be disappointed in players if there is not some retaliation, at least in the early going of the Major League Baseball season. And I don't mean just opening day. I don't mean just opening week. I mean into May, into June. I... After all these players who come out and tell you all these things, well, in the words of Michael Irvin, don't lose that intensity. Don't lose that intensity. Don't come out and tell me this is horrible, this is terrible, you affected all these guys' lives, and then you get into May, you hit a double, you're standing at second base, and you high-five, and you're clapping hands with Jose Altuve. I want to see actual action. I'm not saying you have to throw at guys' heads, but I want to see the level of intensity that's coming. It's easy to say with words. Let me see actual actions throughout the course of the season where it's not all buddy-buddy. That always drives you nuts. Teams have bench, benches-clearing brawls, and you have two guys on opposite sides. Hey, what's going on? What are you doing after the game? Let's see. that. Let's keep that intensity. Don't lose that intensity. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to the phones. Lots of people want to chime in on this. Tom is in Queens. Tom, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, how you doing? I'm a big fan of the show. Thanks, man. You're the one. All right, cool. All right, listen. I don't understand how Manfred can turn around and say there's no precedent for punishing players individually for whatever they do. Pete Rose was banned for cheating the game. Steroid players get 80 games. Domestic violence players get 70, 80 games. What's the difference? Well, I mean, the, the rules on the books, right? That's the, that's the problem here, that there are rules on the books, and these were not clearly stated rules, even though Major League Baseball came out and said, if you get guys caught doing this, we are going to drop the hammer. But it was not spelled out in the collective bargaining agreement, so it's going to be very hard for Major League Baseball to win in an arbitration-type situation. To me, the idea that, well, it would make Major League Baseball look bad to punish players lose at arbitration, it would make them look weak. I think they look weak now. I think they look worse now. I think actually punishing the players, even if it meant that the players never served a single-day suspension, at least baseball, at least Manfred could come out and say, you know what, we tried. 
We tried to hit the players. We knew it was a long shot, but we felt it was that important. There were that many players on the other side of this that said that they were ticked off by it. And if you handed down 50-game suspensions to the main players that were involved, you would at least say, we tried to punish these guys for 50 games. We couldn't do it. And then you go about doing other things. And the fact that you weren't able to punish the players, well, then at least set a precedent by doing something else. You're the precedent. Sometimes you can be the precedent. And I would think, even though I was not in favor of it at the time because we watched the 2017 World Series, we know who won, I do think you, you if you have no other recourse to punish the 2017 team players, then I think you have to take away the title. You can no longer refer to them as the World Series winners when your own investigation, which was weak from jump, found that they use this system throughout the regular season and throughout the postseason, despite what they will tell you. Mike is in Staten Island. Mike. Hey, Gordon. I'm a big fan of the show. Thanks, man. Uh, you're the guy keeping me awake at uh, 515. That's what I try to that's, a, that's the only thing I can do. <laughs> um, what you just said was right on the money. If he had tried to suspend the players, if he had tried to punish anyone, at least he would look like he was trying to do something. This way, he looks like he, he's not even trying to do anything. you know. And, and even if he tried to do it and couldn't do it, it looks like he's making the effort. You know, it, you know, it looks like he's trying to, trying to keep um, baseball above par, you know. Uh, for everybody who loves the game like I do and like you do, this is uh, sacred. And, he, you know, they shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. They should definitely strip the title. Uh, off the 2017 Astros. And, I mean, they should further the investigation because if you didn't get caught, you're going to keep doing it. Absolutely. And I and you, and you know what, Mike? I have no faith in Major League Baseball with the way they conducted this investigation. Like, unless another player comes out and says, hey, boom, they're doing this right now, you know Major League Baseball is not digging deep to find out. I have no confidence in Major League Baseball's investigation. This investigation was basically handed to them by, by Mike Fires. And by the video of them banging on a garbage can. If it had been sophisticated in any way so that it was not banging on a garbage can, they would have gotten away with it even more than they did. And I think that once they had that press conference down in Florida and the owner performed the way he did, the players performed the way they did, I think you have to go back and say, you know what, maybe obviously the message has not been, it might have been sent, but it was not received. Eric is in Manhattan. Eric. Hey, good morning, Gordon. What's up, man? Hey, hey, I have a different take on this situation about cheating. You know what? You know, in baseball, you know, it's, it's kind of slow. It's a little bit boring. We need this drama. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, growing up, you know, I'm 47 years old. All I heard growing up is if you're not cheating, you're not trying. At the end of the day, whether it's baseball or basketball, it's a TV show. They're trying to give us the best product available. No, but see, somebody, I, I, Eric, no it's, not a, it's not a TV show. It's on TV, but it's not a TV show. It's, it's supposed to be a competition. And the, the, the rules of the competition are stated. It's one thing trying to bend the rules. That's within reason. Everybody's trying to get an advantage. Everybody's trying to find little loopholes. I understand that. I've had conversations with former players where they said that when they would go into the season, they knew guys who would look for every single loophole they could have around. the. That's fine. Bending the rules? Okay, fine. This was not bending the rules. This was breaking the rules. And breaking the rules from a level, not just the players. Yes, it was a players carried out thing, 
But this was also done by the GM, by the, the owner of the team. The owner either had to know or should have known. And the, the manager too. And all those guys, all these people, they're going to be gone for a year and then they're going to be back. So what was the real punishment? Doesn't seem like anything. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls. If you have a movie that scared you out of your living daylights out of you as a kid. Invasion of the Body Snatchers of your old... Oh, my God. That was... And that was on HBO. That was back in the day. Well, I guess maybe it's still the case. HBO used to just rerun the same seven movies from day until night. Like, you got one... Like, when Jaws came out on HBO, it was on every single day. They had, like, four movies that they could run. And they ran them. And I watched them every single time. That Invasion of the Body... Oh, my God. So you can get in on that, too. It angers you, um, especially from a guy who has played the game the right way his whole career. Um, no shortcuts. Um, I know how hard this game is. I know how hard uh, preparing for this game is. And to uh, um, to see something like that, it's, it's, it's damaging to baseball. Um, you know, it, it's anger. Uh, I feel like every single guy over there needs a beating. Meads a beating. I love it. Nick Markakis. Don't lose that intensity, Nick. I know you're not a pitcher, but don't let me catch you standing at second base chatting it up with uh, Jose Altuve in May. Don't lose that intensity. It's the biggest heavyweight title fight in decades as world champion Deontay Wilder faces lineal champ Tyson Fury live from Las Vegas to undefeated heavy hitters square off for the second time and most anticipated rematch in recent heavyweight history. It's this Saturday, February 22nd, 9 p.m., live on pay-per-view. So we're doing a lot of things this morning, talking about the Astros. I have not even mentioned the judge injury, which it's an injury. They can say it's a maintenance day. They can come up with whatever term they want. That's a problem. This is a big year. After the last two years of playing basically 100 games, this is a year where Aaron Judge has to stay healthy because when he's healthy, he is among the best players in baseball. And the Yankees saying it's no big deal doesn't feel that way, especially not after last year where guys continue to go down. And it felt like all the time the Yankees said, ah, don't worry, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Spoiler alert, it always turned out to be a big deal. Like when Luis Severino was having problems in spring training, ah, don't worry about it, he'll be all right. Maybe not for opening day, but the first month, we basically never saw him last year. And for a guy who's been constantly sidelined to have this pop up already, it feels like, all right, here we go again. You want to get through, what do we say before spring training? Let's get the pitchers and catchers, and let's go a week without anybody getting hurt. Already you got Paxton, who's going to be sidelined for months. Months! And now you have Judge, who they're saying it's just a maintenance day, but they're also saying it's sore, and it's a cranky shoulder. That's not good news. Not good news at all. So we've been focusing on that with the Yankees and the Astros and the poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, but also this... uh, this this Twitter meme yesterday that went around that uh, movies that scared the ever loving bejesus out of you as a kid. Darren in Jersey, Darren, give me one. Oh, Jaws! That was that was a tough. Jaws scared you really? Uh, I couldn't go near any ocean. <laughs> yeah, I guess it kind of. I guess it did. I mean, I saw Jaws. I, I literally have had to have seen Jaws at least two hundred times, like some section of the movie. It's one of those rewatchable movies for me that I just continually. I guess the scene where the head pops up out of the boat, 
where he goes and he finds the, the guy's boat and it's sunk. Oh, Richard Drivers goes down there, finds the tooth, and then, boop, the head pops out. Yeah, that was a pretty good I, – I, to me, it's deeper than that. To me, Jaws was – I could avoid the ocean. Space flowers coming down and stealing people of their bodies like Invasion of the Body. It wasn't even the movie. It was a stupid movie, but just that one scene was just like, oh, my God. So we'll get to that more as well But as we move along. But today is Wednesday, people. And despite the popularity of the show, Wednesday means it's headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. You would think that if it means headlines that I would actually be prepared here. All right, first story. Man with crime pays tattoo on his forehead. Arrested after police chase. It really could have said anything on the the forehead, right? Really? I mean, once you have the, the tattoo on your forehead, you have carved out a very specific life. And I feel like tattoos are not something I have. It's not. I don't have a look that really goes well with tattoos. Some people do. Some people don't. I'm not judging. But I feel like the higher up on your body the tattoo goes, the higher level of crazy probably. Like if you have a tattoo on like your ankle, no big deal. You have it on your shoulder, all right, no biggie. Have it across your neck. I feel like that's a sign. That's an indication something's amiss. And if you have it on your forehead, basically you're just waiting to be arrested. Extra, extra. Uh, Luis Rojas quickly shows Mets he's not messing around. Was anybody under the impression he was messing around? Did anybody think that there was going to be whoopee cushers and hand buzzers? No, everybody realizes this is a big opportunity for Luis Rojas. I don't think anybody thought he was messing around. Extra, extra. Kyrie Irving voted vice president of the Players Union. What? I wouldn't let that guy order lunch. Never mind be the vice. I don't know how many vice presidents they have. Who else was running? Ron Artest? Dennis Rodman? Extra, extra. Woman brings mini service horse onto plane and into first class. Well, at least it was first class, right? Imagine you get into coach and there's a service horse. I mean, what are we doing as a society? I mean, isn't it always the way? Like, there's some rule that we got to put in play. All right, fine. We All right. No, don't raise any red flag. Don't say anything. And you're the bad guy. And then all of a sudden, society breaks down where we have horses on planes. Woman says, I paid an arm and a leg for tickets, but I did so because it was Fred's first time and I wanted him to be comfortable. Fred is the horse. Woman is referring to the horse as Fred. Maybe this person shouldn't be. If you need a horse to fly, I don't know. Maybe planes should be out for you. Maybe you should be like uh, one of these people that can only, like John Madden. Take the bus. You get a bus. You can have your horse on your bus. Can you imagine paying for first class? I don't know where the flight was going. What's the chances that that flight went where it went from where it was to where it was going without the horse pooping at least once? Extra, extra. NYPD investigating after video surfaces showing motorized boat uh, motorized bikes. Boats would be really strange. Motorized bikes on crowded subway train. I got to be honest. If you ask me, Gordon, do you want to take a subway with motorized bikes? Or a plane with a horse. I don't even think it's close. It's a tube. The smells are all together. Jewel bought ads on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon to target kids' lawsuit claims. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, right? Sounds outrageous. Trying to pitch Jewel. What do you call them? Mechanical cigarettes? What do you call those things? Electronic cigarettes? 
<laughs> the category. <laughs> You're a robot. Robot cigarettes. How else are they going to get new clients? I mean, how? I mean, there's this 35 year old who's saying, you know what? I think I'm going to start taking up Juul cigarettes. You got to get them while you're young. So if they're that bad, I guess you got to ban them. Extra, extra. This week in Florida, man. Oh my God, this guy. There's so many stories of Florida, man. I can't even use on the air. I get kicked off the air. Florida, man. I don't know what's crazier, the subways or Florida. If they ever put a subway in Florida, look out. That's going to be peak crazy. Florida man suing Denny's after contracting hepatitis A. Boy, those Grand Slam breakfasts have everything. Extra, hey, covered extra. in every angle. Florida man causes thousands of dollars of property damage after fighting, quote-unquote, demons. No word if he got the demons. Extra, extra. Demons, you really can't fight them with swords, I don't think. Florida man gets arrested for DUI after pulling over to ask cops for directions. Extra, extra. <laughs> Out of all the people you ask, excuse me, officer. Florida man tells police he would rather go to jail than see his parents. Extra, extra. Not an either or. You don't have to go to jail if you don't want to speak. I don't know what the deal is with his parents. And then finally, snake orgy forces Florida officials to close section of town extra, park. Extra. I like that they left certain parts of the park open. Like there's a snake orgy going on over there, but if you want to use the roundabout over here, you're all right. All right, that's going to do it for headlines for today. By the way, I almost got hit by a guy riding a bicycle yesterday while I was walking in the city. Oh, my! I mean, the, the people with the bicycles. I mean, jeez, what are you, five years old? Oh, my God, these people. Just walk like a human, like an adult. Get your bicycle out. And it's always, it's never, it's not just usually normal bicycles. It's a mechanical bicycle. It's got weird pedals. It's all just a desperate cry for attention. We'll all notice you. You're all, you're so special. You're so unique because you ride a bicycle. Oh, my God. It's so annoying. Hey, it's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. All right, we're going to run through phone calls very quickly. 1-800-919-ESPN. I did want to touch on Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau is a name that you're going to hear a lot. You've already heard it. Reports of when the Knicks go and, and hire a head coach after the season. His name's been mentioned. Jeff Van Gundy's name has been mentioned. According to the New York Post, Tom Thibodeau can taste the Knicks job. I don't know if that's the word I want to use when it comes to what does the Nick job taste like? It smells like like a used diaper filled with Indian food. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that that, I mean, considering where the... What is that? It smells like a turd covered in burnt hair. I don't think that that's a taste that you want. So maybe he should just say he desires that. Sometimes what desire smells like, my lady. Um, anywho, he can taste the Nick's job. This is obviously more, much more. It's amazing how the Jay Wright name came up and already the Jay Wright name has fizzled. Like, hey, have you heard Jay Wright might be a guy the Knicks target? And then within 24 hours, oh, yeah, that's already fizzled. Yeah, as soon as anybody used any common sense, why would he ever leave Villanova for the Knicks job? But you've heard Tom Thibodeau's name. And look, it, it would make sense. I think that that's um, someone who should be clearly considered. I don't know if it's the perfect guy because the Knicks are a long-term project and he doesn't seem like a long-term coach. Seems like he burns people out very quickly, grinds people, and the Knicks have a lot of work to do before they're ready to win. But the problem, I think, for him is, is that he seems like a reasonable candidate. And like the worst thing you can have going for you when it comes to the Knicks and jobs is seem like the perfect candidate. I'm not even saying that Thibodeau is the perfect candidate, but he is certainly a very qualified candidate. And if they hired him, he would be better than a lot of the people that they've had 
coaching the team here for the last five, ten years. But that seems like it's always a, a, an impediment. The Knicks always have to, if not go outside the box, have to go. They never go for number one. They go for number three, thinking that they can prove to you somehow that their number three is better than your number one when it's not been the case. All right, let's run through some phone calls. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. The Astros are on the table. Judges' injuries on the table. The Knicks stuff is on the table. And then, obviously, movies that scared the living bejesus out of you as a kid is on the table. So let's go to Stephen in Jersey. Stephen, go, my man. Stephen. Hey, good hey. morning, G-Money. How you doing today? Good, man. What's going on? Uh, yeah, movie that scared the living uh, mess out of me as a kid. Uh, growing up, uh, thinking Candyman was going to be a good movie when my brother showed it to me. No, that's that, not uh, a good movie. Me out. I don't. I, rem- yeah. I, I, I kind of remember Candyman, but it did not traumatize me. It did not traumatize well, just, me. When you're a kid and and you 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 told that you say the name three four <laughs> times in the mirror, and your brother shoves you in the bathroom in the dark after right. you watch the mirror. I mean. I, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that yeah I mean, that's, the, you know, that's another problem. Like, maybe I'm just getting at the age where I look at my kids and I'm like, you guys have it so easy. They don't realize the things that we were allowed to watch and experience. And nobody, I mean, The Day After Tomorrow was a perfect example. It was a movie that people were encouraged to watch with their families that was about a nuclear war. You didn't have any inkling about what nuclear war looked like before that. And you were sitting down to watch that with your family. Hey, as if you had any way of stopping nuclear war. I got enough stuff on my plate. Try to make the baseball team. Mike in Staten Island. Mike, go, my man. Hey, what's up, Gordon? How are you? I'm good, man. Go. I, I wanted to talk about the Manfred thing, but, man, those bicyclists, they drive, they're a Oh, my God. They're a menace. They are an absolute menace. There's no rules. Horrible. There's no rule. There's no rules. Helmets, uh, uh, lights, going against red oh, lights, going up the they, wrong they street. Care. No rules. It's, it's the Wild I West. Ran, yeah, I almost got ran over by one, too. And then oh. the guy started cursing at me. I'm like, I'm on the sidewalk, man. Oh, he, 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 this guy was at least in the street. Now he was running a red light. And he's looking at me like, oh, what are you doing? I, I don't know. I'm following the uh, the generally agreed to rules of the road. <laughs> exactly. But I wanted to get your take on that Manfred statement yesterday, because to me, it seemed like he was putting on crocodile tears, looking to gain some sympathy for his inaction towards the players. And uh, I totally agree on your take. I called up last week and I said, they got to start throwing at all these guys. I think the players need to definitely seek out justice, not just the first week, not just the second week. They have to slide in hard at home. They have to slide in hard at second. And they really should be, they should be brawl. The players, if the Manfred isn't going to take action, the players have to. Yeah, well, look, I mean, then you're going to be uh, you're going to be sacrificing at your own expense, right? Because then you're going to be facing suspensions and stuff like that. But if all these players are coming out all unified that they hate it and they're ticked off for the guys that cost them jobs and all, all right, I would just say just don't lose that intensity. Keep that intensity throughout the season. Sal in Aberdeen. Sal, go, my man. Hey, uh, when I was growing up, I'm 63, so I go back. Uh, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. In the black and white one with the uh, was it, who was in the the original one? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember, but it, that that scared me. And also the Blob with Steve McQueen. The blob, yeah, that's a little bit before my time. I don't know if yeah, I would have been uh, traumatized by the Blob. There were a lot of them though when I was a kid. Uh, Alien, the scene where the thing pops out of the guy's chest, that one freaked me out for a while. None of them more than uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mark in Jersey, Mark Goma, man. Yo, Commissioner Gordon, man, let me tell you, man, I'm 40 years old, all right, but one movie that still scares the crap out of me is called The Gate, dude, man. I can still, to this day, I cannot watch that movie at all, man. Dude, all right. 
A gate, yeah. You know, I haven't seen that. You know, the one that was, uh, it's, it's recent. I'm a, a grown man now. Midsommar. It's on Amazon Prime. It's a horror movie, but it's kind of like suspenseful, too. That one is, that'll throw you for a little bit of a loop. And that's as a grown adult. Spike in Jersey. Spike, go, my man. The original Blob was mine also. I agree really? with that guy. Really? Blob? Yeah, blob. you know what? I, I don't have the reference because it's just... Uh, it's, well, rewatch it's, 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 it. Yeah, it seems too silly to me. Yeah, but just don't get bothered by the special effects. One thing I wanted to say on the Knicks coach, I've always wanted Mark Jackson for one reason. He's great with young players. The problem is we only have maybe one good young player. <laughs> right, right. Can he find any young players? Well, because we also a, need that. That's up to good scouts. So we'll see. Good to talk to you, my friend. All right, Spike. Thanks for the call. Uh, that's going to do it for... The, I mean, we're already out of time. I hate it, but we're already out of time. We're going to have to uh, maybe bring it up again tomorrow. More movies tomorrow, but uh, we will be back tomorrow starting at 5. The poll question, we didn't really focus on it all that much today, but please vote on it. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. Do you think that the Astros scandal will hurt, help, or have no change for Major League Baseball? I think it actually will help. Having that unified villain, which it seems like with everybody, the Astros clearly are, and clearly are because we're not even convinced that they're completely done cheating. But we'll see you tomorrow at 5. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.